Welcome to What the Hell Is This Show, the podcast where Nick and John share TV episodes with each other, offering no context whatsoever, and then discuss what the hell they're actually about. That episode that we just watched was like, okay, yeah, the the arc of Malcolm Tucker, which is sort of what the show revolves around. Um, that's it. He, it's finished. And so, like, at that point when it's, like, the leaks and all that sort of stuff sort of, like, build up and build up and build up to a point where it explodes, um, that's when you go, okay, Malcolm's in, like, deep shit. Like, he usually... He's the kind of guy that can that can get out of everything. And it's, like, this moment is just, like... put the, It's the show putting him to the sword, pretty much. Which I found really, really interesting. Um... Because, like, I feel like that episode is such a good, um, it's such a good way to wrap up the, the arc of, of Mr. Tickell, um, which is like, and we were saying before we started taping the show is that, like, the, the thick of it has sort of like a through line narrative, but nothing as solid as we would normally expect in today's television. And then season four sort of comes, like, came along and gave the show a through line, which was the, the worker housing and uh, Mr. Tickell's like arc or and death uh, pretty much. Um, you never actually see Mr. Tickell. He's just a character that exists as basically a curse on both parties because both parties have a relation to his death because of the policies that they've signed. And like, I, I personally find the show fucking hilarious at points, but I, I don't even think it's like, laugh out loud it's just incredibly sharp and incredibly fast and apparently the one of the most interesting points that i um got out of it when i was doing my research and stuff just when i was obsessed with the show was um a lot of it's actually improvised oh really yeah like which i would not have picked that like i mean it was it's conversational but that seems like stylistic humor yeah it it, it's razor sharp um but energy um, who created the show, um, he's very big into improvisation. Veep is the same as well. Veep generally has a... Most of the most of the shows that he does or is involved with has like a script as a backbone, but he says that a lot of the time he'll put the actors in the scene and say, I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you an end point and a start point. You guys need to work out how to get to it. And then we'll actually workshop the scenes with them as they develop that. So a lot of the scenes that you actually see... Um, probably less in this episode and more in the early season four. Um, that's when it's like really, there's a lot of improv there. And I think it's just because the actors that are involved in the cast are just, are so good. Yeah. Watching this one, I, you know, with you saying that, I was just thinking Peter Capaldi must be very, uh, witty because some of the insults that he came out with, if they were just off the cuff, they were pretty cutting and yeah. hilarious yeah i mean this show is like it's basically a precursor to veep which is veep is at its best is is one of the most venomous shows when it comes to insults and um the thick of it was sort of born out of i guess uh in like a combination of in the loop which was the movie that uh, amanda ianucci wrote who has malcolm tucker in it but okay. has no relation to the actual universe of the thick of it weirdly enough like the, there's the only thing that's relating them is that Malcolm Tucker exists, but in this particular episode, I just I, I find it really interesting because I think it's I think it's quite funny, but I also think it's a really it does an excellent job of um uh, of structure. I think in terms of how it escalates things from 
how confident they are initially to leaking to everything going to fucking shit and then basically the f- the following two episodes undoing all the work that they've done and basically putting all these characters out of a out of a job which is really interesting just because i find the show does a very good job of getting the simpli- uh sorry not the simplicities um getting the serious stuff in there as well um it th- but it keeps it quite light when you've got characters like Glenn and um, and Terry, who are the public service workers. So they're um, they're involved with the, the throughout the whole series because they're public service workers. So they don't really align; they just stay where they are. Yep, yeah. So yeah. in the in what I was saying before the show, season four starts with a new, completely new party. So everything, all the characters that you see in the first three seasons are pushed to the side and are actually secondary characters throughout the whole season. And then there's a whole new slate, which were the secondary characters in the first three seasons, are now the mainline peeps. And I thought that was a really interesting sort of switch up for the for the course of the season. Um, and just seeing it all sort of coalesce in this particular episode where um, Malcolm finally puts Nicola to the sword and he gets the ascension of Dan that he wants. Dan is the basically the guy that Nicola beat in the, I think it was like a by-election or something. And um, Malcolm is so just chuffed that that's happened. And then obviously the opposition party is like, well, we're going to put an inquiry, which is just going to, it will fuck you. Like, that's it. Which is, it's, it's just such a really interesting way to, to kick him out because he's, he's almost like, it's really interesting, like seeing Malcolm in this season compared to the others. He's almost like omnipresent in all the other seasons. Like there is just like, he has a presence in every sort of scene. Whereas in this, it's less so he just takes a back seat. And I don't know if it has had anything to do with Dr. Who, because I think at the time he was in the running for it or um, if it was just other stuff that, you know, Inuchi was focused on Veep at the time because Veep, when this came out, was, I think, in its second or third season. So, is that similar to this? Yeah, very, very, very similar. I was actually going to show you Veep and I thought, I, I want to start with the thick of it and I'll hold Veep because there's, I'm still trying to decide on my Veep episodes. Yeah, I'd like to watch that one day if it's like this um, because I did really enjoy this. It's interesting what you said before about structure um, because it was a point towards the end where a lot of like escalated shit had gone down and then it, it didn't pay off well no not that at the end of the day they started talking about you know this guy who was like oh i should just resign and it the yeah. conversation was so similar to one that they'd had like at the beginning of the episode like six hours earlier i was like oh the start was like a flash forward and then we've seen how he gets to this point and now it's like flashing back to the beginning and then i was like oh no it's not it's just that like the conversation has literally gone full circle in one day yeah and it just goes to show how like rapid and constant the world of like political maneuvering is i know that they, yeah. they're like responding to things and making decisions and going on a different track and getting really agitated and dealing with all these problems that are a result of this leak yeah um, and releasing a counter leak and then ending up back in the same position where they were at the beginning, like, oh, I still just have to resign. Yeah. Um, and it was just so... It was very fast-paced, and it's not my general style of humour because it was a bit too... Um, Vicious? No, I like that. Yeah. Um, it was just that whole real-time, shaky cam, the office kind of yeah, 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 yeah. style. Like a mockumentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. generally love that, but <clears throat> in this, I really liked it because... It's about creating a specific atmosphere and a specific world yeah. and a very, not even like industry, but a very particular 
brand of work that most people would never have access to and i'm sure is not necessarily like that in real life yeah. but they really exploited the mm, dark humor is a bit too much of a cliche but they're like underbelly of humor that lay there it yeah. was a bit a little bit hard for me without sort of context to to really understand and follow who all the characters were like i think i got a bit mixed up between them a few times yeah um but even that just made me curious to want to go back and find out who they all were and how yeah. they all got to this point because it is very um not subtle but it's very distinct sort of cloying uncomfortable humor that sometimes is really funny and yeah. really just gets right under your skin yeah and i mean it, w- you know we w- our previous episode where we did um the winters where we talk about like laugh out loud this isn't i don't think it's personally there's moments for me where i laugh out loud but for me for the most part it's just sort of appreciating the joke a little bit more yeah and i think it's because in the winters there are like a lot of like surface level humor like yeah. it's, you know there are very jokes that are lines that are written to be obvious jokes whereas with this you know there were just really small throwaway things like this woman was having to leave her office because she, i think she'd been forced to leave and she was going upstairs to say <laughs> goodbye to everyone but she couldn't decide how to say goodbye and what she should um emphasize first about yeah. the reason she was leaving and so she was going back and forward and talking to her assistant and she was just like oh this is it isn't it this is why they want me to leave um because i'm so indecisive and her assistant was just like no no there were other reasons <laughs> and it was just so throwaway yeah. and, she, and it just implies that she's trying to reassure her and then it was just really this like quiet um uncomfortable line it, it, that she's awkwardly saying it was just so good and that kind of yeah. little tiny dig it just happens all the way throughout the episode yeah I was going to say there's a lot of tiny digs and it's really interesting how the action with with those sort of moments the action te- set tends to uh, direct itself away from that joke as well yeah. so it makes you uh, if you catch the joke then it's really good but if you don't it doesn't really take away from your sense of what's going on because you're following the action so in that instance when um, I can't remember her name because she's such a fucking shitty character but um, the assistant yeah when she when Nicola's assistant says that the action is moving with Nicola up, up, up the stairs, up the stairs yeah. and you're just sort of like wait what did you say and if you catch it it's, it's fucking funny like it's really really funny um, but like it's really interesting because I would say that if you were to watch the show, I would highly recommend seasons three and four because season one and two, I think, lacks a little bit of the rapid fire stuff that season three and four have. Okay. And also, um, the focus on it, uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but he was convicted of pedophilia. So I don't actually, I can't, I just can't bring myself to watch season one and two after finding that out. So, like, there was a po- the politician of that particular party, um, uh, who's no longer in it. He was convicted of uh, child sex offences and I was just like, yeah, I ain't touching that anymore. So when it, when you watch this, you can actually sort of watch the show. Honestly, any of the seasons you could watch without actually having the context of what had happened previously. Oh, well, that's good. Because you actually know. generally quite learn... Like, Malcolm is such a, a dominant force in this show that you you can understand his character and even if it's just a surface level because the show does a very good job of not giving you... I think that this show in particular does a really good job of equaling the playing field for its characters. So a lot of the characters on the show, if not all of them, do not have very solid backstories because I think the show wants to treat them equally when it comes to everyone being fucking assholes to each other. 
because oh, yeah, it actually okay. sort of justifies the behavior of everyone because it's like well everyone's an asshole there's and if no you're also not too like emotionally invested in anyone's like personal life or backstory exactly then you're not going to find that really offensive as a viewer exactly and you're not going to be like well when peter Mannion says like tells terry to fuck off you don't you don't like my first instinct is not to feel sorry for terry it's just like yo terry just back the fuck off you know, like, I don't know if you felt that way, but... She just, is annoying the way she's an, she just, like, yeah. follows everybody around. Yeah, and I, I guess you're right. Like, it's like the characters are, like, siphons for insults, but also they're as good at giving insults. Yeah, I know. Like, they, every single one of these characters has a moment. Glenn, in particular, who is an absolute sad sack in this episode, he's the old guy that actually does the initial leak. He gets his comeuppance in the final episode where he literally just goes out and he just starts insulting everyone. He just <laughs> he's just throwing barbs as he walks out of the office and everyone's just like, yeah, like, insult me, insult me. And he's just going around and just throwing these really, really funny insults towards everyone. And it's really, really good because, like, Glenn is such a sad sack character um, but does have his moments where he really does kick the door down. And I think, like, season four... When I look at it, I, I kind of prefer season three, but when I look at season four, I just think having the sort of the through line, the narrative through line, I think helps give the, the show a bit of a backbone when it comes to just um, connecting all the characters. Yeah, I think that's it. You need to orient the humor. And even though um, it might work as a collection or ensemble of this professional dynamic to explore like some kind of ongoing narrative with them or on yeah. particularly in this episode because the narrative is about such a crisis yeah um i think that probably would support an audience to understand uh, like you say who they all are and what their relationships are with each other um and obviously give you that emotional investment as well yeah and i think um there were some pretty poignant moments like you know you were saying before about that um that lady when you're walking up the stairs like part of the reason why the camera follows her and you barely hear the other joke is because she's so frenetic and she's not listening. And so you're with her, like the cat, because the camera's with her. So you're the viewer with her and it gives you, it's a very clever shot choice because it gives you an insight into how frenzied this world that they yeah. live in is. Yeah. Um, but I think you need to, as you said, kind of anchor that frenzy in an arc. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's like a perfect way to sum it up because I think, if you don't have that, it it feels just like a, a pastiche of just different insults yeah. and scenes that have some form of relation to what you're watching in the grand scheme of things. And I think season three has... Nicola has a lot of really funny moments in there, but there's no real balancing act for her to follow and toe the line. Her, her arc, essentially, of the season is her getting the job she didn't want, which was uh, secretary of uh, social whatever it is, um, which is the job that Peter Mannion has in season four. But Nicola gets that job not by choice. She's literally just plucked out of obscurity for it. And then she has to live that role for the this the course of season three. And that's it. There's no any there's no policy or anything like that that they that affects anything. And then I think season four, when they come out and they give the they have the Tekel situation, the housing situation and obviously all their involvement with it, um, you know, there's it's just I I, found, I find it really interesting just having the show sort of shift kind of significantly in that sort of direction um, and knowing that it season four was the last season because in it she was like yeah I don't really have anything else to talk about because he was like the show the politics these days speaks for itself That's it's an thing. interesting choice though given how um, f- 
far the distance was between making three and four. And yeah. After three, it could have already been over. To when you do return to change what the show is so much is pretty bold. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, it's so interesting. It's it's crazy just because I think, um, Energies and and his um his research staff like Simon uh Simon Blackwood and uh, Jesse Armstrong I think their um their their political research is some of the best on the planet um in terms of understanding current events but also predicting future events and this. I don't know, I'm not familiar with UK politics, but this sort of, this arc here and the inquiry that is born out of, of what happens to, to Kel and, and the political parties that are involved, uh, the, apparently it relates to something like that. Like it almost predicts an inquiry that it ha- that happened like a year after the show aired, yeah, which well. is eerily similar to what had happened on the show. And that basically everyone was just like, yo, you guys are like, what the fuck? How do you guys predict this stuff? And then he, and then they're just like, we don't. We just think it's funny. And yeah. that's the state of politics. And it's almost like they unintentionally made, um, they unintentionally made that message of like, hey, how ridiculous is politics? And I mean, look at the environment now. Yeah. Like that's why when, when you read interviews and stuff with um, Amado Iannucci with Veep. He's just like, well, there's not much else we can do with... Well, it's David Mandel now, actually, who worked on Seinfeld, but um, it's like, well, there's not much else we can talk about. Politics speaks for itself. It's, it's the same as... And I know we're getting... We don't want to get too political or um, off track, but like it's the same as the Sasha Baron Cohen show. The show oh, doesn't yeah. have much weight because, hey... The climate, the current climate, speaks for itself. You don't need a show to yeah, that's right. You don't need to point it out because the world's already loony. Yeah, yeah, Everybody yeah. Knows. Yeah, exactly. But I don't mean to get sidetracked. I mean, I, I don't. I haven't made the show sound particularly funny, but it's worth watching, in my opinion, at least because just for the insults. So I was going to say some of those like venomous one-liners were yep. just hilarious. Yeah, it's so so sharp. There's. And there's really interesting physical comedy, subtle physical comedy over the course of this season where you see characters run and like climb up a swing set and to try and get like reception on their phone. And like, there's just a lot of subtleties to the show. And I think watching it for the insults, but also just how these characters can be such assholes to each other. Yeah. And how the, I think for me personally, I think this show. Um, is sort of a masterclass in showcasing comedic like escalation when things just go to shit. Yeah, because they, they, they just built and they, they, as I said, that frenetic frenzied energy through the shots and the pacing of it, and you know, it was kind of like the West Wing on steroids. Yeah, but funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and it has like that kind of better. It has like the Aaron Sorkin flow, but I think better than his because yeah, I feel agreed. like with Aaron Sorkin's writing. It feels like he's writing. That's the problem. It uh-huh. doesn't feel like his dialogue. I think is terrific, but the problem is, is that it's di- it's characters saying that dialogue. It's not just hey, we have an insight into the party political room right now. This is how they're acting. You know what I mean? Like and it's also too resolute. Like his his writing is always really purposeful. And if you write so much towards like a resolved narrative arc, your characters lose um, credibility and like natural believable behavior mm. even if the story you're telling is really beautiful or whatever um yeah. whereas this yeah it captures that energy for a completely different purpose yeah but even the stuff like you were saying you know like the physical comedy that 
is kind of inspired by that that pace of humor, the pace of joke, and literally the pace of shots. Um, and it's hard to sort of remember while you're watching it that it's okay to laugh at it because it's so stylized and so naturalistic. If they're just like running around, it's like it's like it's so ludicrous because of the insults you're saying, yeah, and so real because of the you know the shaky cam and the way that they're running or whatever, the way that the whole thing is established. Sometimes you just remind yourself, oh, like it is a comedy. Like, yeah. this is a joke. Like that, <laughs> that physical movement, and then you're like, and then you remember, oh, they're actually acting and doing a phenomenal job. Yeah, oh no, because you just get so immersed yeah. in it, you actually just you know forget. Yeah, and, and when you forget that they're acting, you forget to laugh. Did you find it hard to keep up with? A little, um, but only because I wasn't too sure who everybody was and like which side everybody was on. Yeah, um, but I got the you know the gist of the leaks, um, and then the counter leak, and as I say, I do want to kind of go back and revisit it because it seems like a very interesting very clever show yeah um, and obviously i'd like to watch veep as well if it's similar to this yeah veep is um i think with veep veep has uh i think veep for sometimes has an edge because um julia louise dreyfus is just i don't think i've ever really seen a performance like hers in terms of just like i literally cannot see you as a person i can only see selena meyer but uh, that'll be i don't know if i'll do that for you next week Maybe. Have a think about it. It's still in my mind because honestly there are so many good episodes and I cannot decide because I need to rewatch the show actually but I just can't decide because there's just so many. But it is, in terms of format, it's probably less frenetic but it is just as it is just as venomous as this. That's the part that I really liked about this. Yeah, because like Veep has some really stinging insults. Like I'm like, holy shit you guys really thought of this? And they did, because Veep's actually more scripted and less improv, but there's moments, obviously, because a lot of the cast in Veep and here in the thick of it as well, um, uh, improv. When that lady was leaving at the start and Malcolm was just telling her what, you know, the electorate really thought of her. Yep. um, Like she was a... (laughs) Like a jittery mum at someone's wedding. (laughs) And then uh, she was was like, oh, now you know what it's going to feel like to have me piss in your tent. And he was like, oh... Like, like every time you take a piss it's going to end up like blasting back in your own face because I have to clear up all the mess all yeah. the time for two years like you're finished it was just so Don't, like yeah. like right to the heart like yeah it, it's like you have all the charm of a rotting teddy bear by a graveside and what was it he said to the guy on the stairs <laughs> when that guy came and like begged for his job back or whatever and he was like oh when there's a shit on the doorstep you just like you sweep you, it away you don't wait for it to leave of its own volition <laughs> See, honestly, like, the show is worth watching just for Malcolm. Yeah, he yeah. is just, like, Peter, oh, the I'm, Ice King. I have no idea if Peter Capaldi actually won awards for it, and if he didn't, it's a fucking crime. Because that, this is, again, Malcolm Tucker is a character that is absolutely and completely his own. There's no Peter Capaldi there. It's Malcolm Tucker. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and Yeah, I've never seen yeah. a character like that. He's just thoroughly ruthless. Yeah. I mean, if you can't... If you can't commit to this, these, these three, like all the seasons, or watching it, and that's fine, because like, I can't understand that some of the detractors that are involved. I'd actually recommend watching In the Loop because In the Loop is ninety minutes. It's has nothing to do with this. It has Malcolm Tucker in it, who has and it has Ollie's in it, but he's a different character. Okay. Um, and that that movie is one. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, but just because Malcolm and that. That that's all scripted as well, but Malcolm 
is on another level in that. Like it, he, and he plays off James Gandolfini very, very well because it's I think one of oh no, it wasn't actually, but James Gandolfini is like one of the main characters in there. Um, but if you can't bring if you if you're if you're going to watch the show and you go, I can't really vibe with it. Watch in the loop instead. I'd like to watch the thing of it, um, you know, when I can definitely make the time because I'm very curious, but I will definitely watch in the loop. Yeah, because in the loop's worth it just because it's like it has a, a beginning and end and you don't have to commit to, what is it, like 10 hours of television. You only have to commit to 90 minutes. But you do get this performance in it, so that's great. Yeah, and the thing is season three is like a masterclass in Malcolm, like Malcolm Tucker's like... I think I, I don't know if I said it earlier, but he's like almost omnipresent throughout the whole season. Yeah, yeah. He's a really threatening force that just you don't, even as the viewer, you don't want to get anywhere near him. Oh, 100%. Yeah, like <laughs> I want to be as far away from him as possible. Like I'm glad that I live in Australia on the other side of the world. And Peter Capaldi does such a good job of making his veins pop in his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just like sitting there and he's just like. He's just perma angry. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway, you can get the thick of it on Stan. Cool. All four seasons. Yes, all four seasons and in the loops on there as well. I'm oh, is sure. it? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, I think it's like I don't, when when you like watch it has like related titles or whatever. I think it's on there. I also think in the loop is on Netflix as well because it's a completely different. It's not the BBC. It's a completely different distributor. So, um, but yeah, I, yeah, I highly recommend in the loop as well because that like I think it got nominated or won best adapted screenplay at the Academy Awards years and years and years ago. Wow, yeah, well, yeah, I yeah, would yeah. definitely check that. The out. The script is fucking hilarious to read. Because the di- reading the dialogue in that is amazing. You're just like, holy shit, this is actually written. It's not, you know, sometimes where it's just like actors will just go stream of consciousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's n- it's not that at all. It's literally line for line. I because re- I actually watched the movie and read the script along with the movie, and I was like, holy fuck, that's amazing. Yeah, well, I am super keen there. Yeah, if you do watch it, let me like. I'm I'm actually definitely keen to see how you feel about. Um, in the loop and the show, but yeah, I'm glad well, you. I'm glad you enjoyed this at least. No, I really, I did like it. It was, it was very clever, very clever humor, very clever writing, very clever performances. Yeah. Um, I think I just need to watch it with a bit of context. Context. Yeah, I know. I actually, think it's probably more enjoyable with context. Yeah, which is but I did really enjoy it though. Yeah. Hell yeah! I was actually really worried because I started watching it, and I was like, ooh, I don't know anymore. Because like, I didn't laugh when I rewatched it, but I was just like. <laughs> No, I like to. It wasn't as um, skin crawling as um, review. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it had its own uncomfortable style, which yeah. I really liked. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you can get the thing of it, and in the loop, it's uh, I guess companion movie um, on Stan uh, and on Netflix as well. I'm pretty sure I have to double check that. But if you I'm like just... British politics humour. Yeah, I was going to say for you. British politics and humor, or just political humor. This all this is your jam because mm. it just does a pretty good job of showing the inner workings of um, of British government. I guess I don't know. I wouldn't know how it works to be completely honest. So feels like it feels very well researched. So yeah, but I think it's mockumentary parody at the same time. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but yeah, as always, I think that'll do us. Uh, you can get us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Give us reviews, ratings, and that sort of stuff. We do love it. Read it and want to see more of it so absolutely a lot more yeah please <laughs> more five stars five stars only otherwise we'll just fucking send malcolm tucker after you yeah exactly that's exactly right and yeah. you do not want that guy after you yeah no seriously if he scares john yeah that's exactly right i don't get scared easily man and this guy like nah, <laughs> yeah he's gonna fucking don't want to borrow him yeah no i'm out no no way bye malcolm can't do it anyway <laughs> thanks john my pleasure we'll be back 
Maybe. I don't know. We just can't upset Malcolm Tucker. Yeah, no, we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> we just have to go into like uh, witness protection for a few years, but we'll be right. <laughs> He'll find us. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll be back soon. Bye.